So we got new books and we're going to do it in a different way. <laughs> so the pastor want to make sure that everybody is studying the lesson. And he wants everybody to participate, not just the teachers, you know, working hard and sweating, but he wants questions, answers, observations, all of that. All right, let's get some, some questions. All right, so what is the lesson idea today? Oh, don't talk silent now. So the lesson idea is I will daily seek refuge in the Lord. And, you know, our wording may be a little different from the uh, regular books because I have the, the big book. But it's all the same concept. We, we get it, okay? All right? So what is the focus verse? Okay. Okay, and the text, what is the lesson text for today? The truth about God. So he is our refuge and he can be trusted. Amen, as the ministers did an excellent job bringing out those points. Amen? All right. Let's see what we're going to get down to next, 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 next. So we understand that Psalms 91 was typically read by soldiers on the line of battle. The nation of Israel to this day at the wall in Jerusalem still quotes Psalms 91 on a daily basis. Uh, now, that doesn't mean that because you quote Psalms 91, 1 through 16, that you ain't going to have no trouble. So, so let, let, let's get that established right now. huh? Because the Bible clearly states, Yea, and all that live godly in Christ Jesus will suffer persecution. Your life is going to be filled with trouble. Okay, I don't care how many scriptures you quote. Huh? You can be a deep scholar. You can quote them from Genesis to Revelation, and your life's still going to be filled with trouble. Okay, so let's establish that. All right, and there ain't no some magic wand. Oh, I read Psalm 91 before I left the house, and my day is just going to be perfect. You can forget that. <laughs> the enemy going to be on your track. Huh? Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. <laughs> because that's his assignment and then your assignment is to stand in the evil day <laughs> your assignment is to what resist him huh come on here so you know we got to keep things in the right perspective amen so um when we read this psalm it covers um, a lot of different realms it covers safety and protection. It covers intimacy with God. And this is a strong psalm of poetry. Because when you read some of these scriptures, 
And it talks about here in the first paragraph of the lesson about personification. Y'all read that? Anthropomorphism. Y'all read that? And zoomorphism is like when something has an animal characteristic to try to describe something. And, and that's when uh, in the scripture, in verse 4, it talks about how God would hide his people under his wings. Well, we know God don't have wings. Amen? Y'all do know that, right? And so now the, you should see that in the scriptures, they are fully loaded with metaphors, y'all to taught us about metaphors. Everything is not literal. That's why you got to have an understanding and it takes knowledge, skill to go through the It's not about reading. You got to understand what God was saying. He was comparing his protection to that of a hen or a mother chick that shelters her babies under her wings. Oh, my God. And I'm so glad that he do. <laughs> my God. Because I need him to call me. Ah. Woo, Jesus. Well, there's so much uh, that's going on. There's so much evil and destruction and chaos and so much coldness. Uh, I need him to hide me. Woo, my God. So he uses those kind of metaphors in scripture so that he can get his point across uh, to the reader. Oh, my God. So you can have a better natural understanding. He compares natural with spiritual, spiritual with natural, so that you can get an understanding. Oh, my God. Because he don't want his people to be ignorant. Uh, oh, my God. I feel the wind of the Holy Ghost. I'm trying to come down here because I got to ask y'all questions. <laughs> so that means we got to walk so tight with God. Come on, somebody. Oh, when we get close enough to somebody, when you're standing in the sun, oh, I feel this thing. Uh, and you're standing and you can see your own shadow. Uh, oh, my God. Uh, it is the same uh, type of atmosphere with God. Uh, when you're standing close to him, uh, the shadow of God. Uh, oh, it overrules. Oh, and all enemies that come against your life get close enough to God that is shadow. It dispels the darkness. Woo! I felt like one. Woo! My God. We got to get connected with God so that it shatter. Woo! My God. It it's the gods uh, and the evil of the enemy. It wards out the attacks. Jesus. I'm telling you, I feel like doing backflips in my Holy Ghost soul. Woo. My God, it's time for the saints to get motivated about his word. Uh, when you hear the scriptures, uh, you should be helping a monkey fool in your soul. Uh, you're sanctified soul. Say yeah. Jesus, my God. So it says he that dwelleth. So dwelleth don't mean that we casually go into his presence like minister Elma said. Huh? Or we don't come on just Sunday and leave it Monday, Tuesday and pick it up on Wednesday. Huh? Because it's Bible study fast day. 
then drop it on Thursday and Friday, huh? Come on here. You got to dwell huh, in the secret. What is secret? We're going to do some definition. Something that's hidden, that's private, it's not open. It's concealed from the public. Now we live in a generation where everybody want to show flow. Hmm? You know, we don't have no shame. You know, we don't conceal nothing. We don't keep our mouth shut. You know, this generation talk too much. They flash too much. They show everything. Tell everything. Put every, post everything on social media. Huh? How are we having some private time with God? We spending more time bragging and boasting, flashing, posting. Huh? Come on here. But we got to have some time by ourselves with God. Huh? And <laughs> let me remind y'all that God demands first. Huh? You're not going to come to God huh, at the last minute because you're in trouble. And you ain't established no habit and no pattern of communing with God, praying to God, worshiping God, giving him honor and glory and praise on a regular basis and think you're going to be a miracle because you just throwing something up and say, God, I need you to come right now. That ain't work. This is for relationship. <laughs> because God is a God of covenant and relationship. It's not no haphazard. I'm going to quote me a scripture and I'm going to say me a little Chinese prayer and I'm going to strong arm God and convince him to heal me or give me some money or give me a miracle right now. That ain't half work. Generation is getting further off and further off and further off and further off and further off. Far, 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 far away from God. <laughs> Let me tell you, the nation of Israel take serious. Huh? They hide this song in their heart. And I don't know if you've ever seen them. I'm talking about the real deal Jews now. Stand at that wall. And they praying and they rocking because they earnestly and sincerely believe the word and they honestly and sincerely try to get in touch with their God, the true and the living God. Some of them hold the Torah and they're holding the word and they're sitting there pleading until tears fall. Let me tell you some mousy prayer that y'all doing now. It ain't moving nothing. Don't even take it serious. Most of the time we have prayer, we hear one or two people crying out to God. Because we don't take it serious. There has got to be an urgency to get in contact with your God. There has got to be a serious a hunger and a cry that God I need you 
get stuff off our tongue just because it's my prayer time. Jesus, help. Lord, I'm away. Let me get some chicken in the car. Yeah. Are we serious? Hmm? Well, this is how, not just, but this is how we approach prayer. It's a list. Huh? Of things, God, I want. God, I want. God, give me. Listen to, listen to people. Did you hear? Give me, give me, give me, give me. But the ministers just broke down to you about refuge, hiding in God, shelter, protection, trusting and believing God. Saints, it's a whole lot that goes in to this beautiful chapter in scripture. And we got to take an evaluation of ourselves because let's be honest in the room, what we've been doing ain't been working. Get, get, get. Oh, I, I guess you ain't going to acknowledge it, but I'm going to acknowledge it for you. What you've been doing ain't working. All of y'all should have had up ten fingers and ten toes. Hmm. And I'm here to tell you today, desperate times call for desperate measures. And it's time for the saints to get desperate for God. It is time for the saints to get down to the nitty gritty because we are in the end of the end time. It ain't time to shuck and jive with God. This ain't the time for us to playing patty cake with the devil and with the world and call ourselves the people of God when God has a demand on his how are we going to pick us up and use us in the end times when we slipping and tipping shucking and jiving can't be faithful, can't be trusted how is it that you think that God is going to use you as a light and put you on front street how is it oh my God when you don't take him seriously you don't take your walk with him serious. You don't take prayer serious. You don't take fasting serious. You don't take his service serious. You don't take labor serious. You don't take witness serious. We gotta handle sincere on the first of the righteousness that we may be filled. And we gotta take everything with God with the utmost seriousness. It's got to be serious. <sighs> we dwell under the shadow. And I don't know if you all paid attention Thank you. to the wording here. But there was a mention of the most high. Who is the most high? Okay. That's a good answer. But it's a little bit more. Jesus Christ was not mentioned in the Old Testament. We understand that he was there, but his name was not expressed in the Old Testament. So who is the most high? El Elyon. Uh-huh. So then the psalmist was making mention of God in three different manifestations. He said he had dwelt in secret face, place of the most high is El Elyon. 
shall dwell under the shadow of who? Well, who is the Almighty? Uh-huh. Well, we understand that. Okay. But the Almighty is El Shaddai. Y'all remember the El Shaddai of the Old Testament? See, that's what the psalmist could identify with. Jesus was not revealed at that time. Huh? So then, the next one that he refers to, the Lord. Y'all remember hearing the Lord mentioned in all of these scriptures? Look at it. Let's look at it. Verse 2, I will say of who? The Lord. He mentions the Lord. He is my refuge and my fortress. Then he goes to my God. Huh? Because there's relationship and he takes ownership. In him will I trust. Surely he shall deliver thee from the snare of the fowler, from the noisome pestilence. He shall cover thee with his feathers on his wings. Shall thou trust his truth, which meaning his word, shall shield you and buckle you. Thou shalt not be afraid for the terror by night, nor for the arrow that flyeth by day, nor for the pestilence that walketh in darkness, nor for the destruction that wasted at noonday. So he mentions God in three different phases in the first scriptures. And the Lord, who is the Lord? Is Jehovah, meaning the I am. The I am. That's who Moses talked to. Yes, we understand, you know, and that he was talking to Jesus, but he was not revealed then. His manifestation was not in necessarily the Old Testament. I mean, there's, there's types in the Old Testament of Jesus. We understand that he was in the beginning, but who Moses knew was the I Am. Huh? So that is who the Lord is. All right? So we understand that concept. That the sacred place was where this psalmist received restoration and hope. We understand that we can't rely on the world for our hope. If we relied on the world, the Bible said we would be men almost miserable. And let's face it, let's just look out at the world. People are miserable. They're walking around with no hope. They're so down in the mouth and so depressed. The majority of the people you come in contact with now are depressed. And so that's why it's crucial that the people of God shine like never before. Huh? That we got to get closely connected to God so that we can be the instrument of change in the earth. That we can be that influence, that godly influence that's needed. We need some God. <laughs> I told God before I left. I want for one reason. I like just talking. But God, we, we, Jesus, we need more of you. <laughs> we, we, we need more God. Uh, more than everything that the world 
was trying to sell and trying to give us. We need more of him. Oh, my God. So God is our shelter. So that is Elohim in his creation. Our place of comfort, our place of care, and our place of peace. Let me tell you something. Uh, just like the minister talking about starting out your day, talking to God, communing with God, and everybody should have their time of daily time with God because our souls need some comfort. I don't know about y'all, but, you know, we get enough of being around hell-raising folks. We need some peace. I just want peace. <laughs> it's all around you, everywhere you turn, and you need the peace of God that passes all understanding operating and flowing in your life. Oh, my God. How many of you thank God for peace today? You may not have all the money you want, huh? But I thank God that I got peace. You hear me? Peace when I wake up is a diamond. Peace when I lay down is like rubies. <laughs> peace when I'm going through my day and people are so weary and shaking and confused and I can walk with my head up knowing that who is in control I serve the almighty God that has all power and he has the whole world in his hands in spite of what CNN said and in spite of uh, what ABC and NBC said uh, and the newspaper and the chronicle say uh, in spite of Congress and Senate uh, and crooked world leaders uh, and crooked world systems uh, alas uh, in the fact that God rules and he reigns uh, in the affairs of men he rules. <laughs> and we need the peace of God. Peace. You may not have peace. Out there in the street, you have peace in your house. You better demand peace. We don't have peace here. Huh? Come on here. Oh, come on, somebody. Am I talking to a foreign church? What good is it? And you can't have peace when you lay down, Deacon. Ain't gonna be no hell raising up in here. Huh? We're gonna have peace. And we're gonna command the atmosphere of God. And we're gonna have peace. I'll plead the blood of Jesus and I'll plow all, all over the house, on the doorpost, on the front and the back. Oh my God, on the sunroom door, on the closet door, on the pillows, everywhere you sit, on your pillow, because I demand peace in my life. And stop expecting anything else. You expect peace. Because you serve the God of peace. My God, enemy got saints all 
disturb and shake the devils alive. My God, saints talking about they can't sleep and uh, can't enjoy their life and uh, oh, the devils of black life. We're going to have peace. The secret place. That's where we got peace. Huh? You have to tell folks, now in your house, you may run it like that, but here we're going to have peace. Huh? This house is sanctified unto the Lord. Huh? Come on here. And there's certain things that ain't going to go on up in here. Amen. <laughs> Glory to God. And tell mine the same thing. Tell Larry Vashti the same thing. And they know we ain't playing. Huh? Now what y'all do out there is your business. Now y'all been raised up in holiness. Y'all know right. Huh? It's up to you to live it. Huh? But at 2203. <laughs> Men pass a turn of room with a big stick. Because we're going to have peace. Hmm? And anything disturbing the peace, we got North Little Rock Police Department on speed dial. Uh-huh. And I got my bottle of oil right by the front door. It's on my fireplace. <laughs> and I don't play with it. They call that woman the oil slinger. Uh-huh. You better learn something. <laughs> so a question here since we read the scriptures we understand that it requires some knowledge and skill like reading poetry how many of y'all read poetry when you were in high school I know you had to in English class oh that English teacher boy whew, she was getting on my nerve but anyway you know we all had to read did y'all have them old school English teachers and everybody in the class had to read. And, uh, and that's how you found now, especially them athletes that was, you know, getting passed and they didn't know how to read. Uh-huh. Because the English teacher made everybody. It went around the whole class and you had to read the chapter. <laughs> oh, I used to hate going to English. <laughs> and it wasn't that I wasn't a good reader. It was just, you know, you know, when we were kids, you know, everybody got on your nerves. We didn't want to go to that old English class. Okay, but anyway, so we find there are small practical things we all can do to grow in knowledge and increase in our skills. What are some of those things, class? What is it that we can do? Uh-huh. To grow in knowledge, increase our skills. Uh-huh. Okay, y'all just throwing words out there now. Y'all y'all just throwing words. Uh-huh. There you go, Elder. That's what I'm looking for. It's not just reading verbatim what the scriptures say, but a lot of times y'all don't look at the history of how it was written. So you have no understanding of the context and therefore, it opens the door for you to take things out of context. 
So you got to do more research instead of just surface reading. Reading and committing things to memory, that's good. But you also got to get to a point to where you got to look up the history behind the text. What was going on in that time when this was written? Because I've heard many people down through the years of church try to preach or teach a text, try to minister a text, whether it be in classes, uh, Sunday school, seminars, conferences, but they're taking the scriptures totally out of context. And what does it lead to confusion? Because it leaves people confused. Hmm? So that's one thing I urge everyone to do is you got to do more research because there is a lot of history in the scriptures. A lot of history. And it helps you with your understanding. Oh, that's why that was written. Because that was going on at that time. Hmm. Because it brings a whole nother light to what you're reading. Okay? So that's one way. Other ways is we can look up definitions. The meaning of some of the words. Because there, guess what? The original text was not written in English. That's your language. But that was not the language of the scripture. So it's very crucial now that we do some more in-depth studying the definitions that the text was written. That's why it's good to look up the Hebrew meaning and the Greek. Simple tools that will cause us to be more effective that we can get a better understanding. Elder. Sure, sure. Mm-hmm. That's right. <laughs> yes, yeah, so there's a lot of different words that we can look up the meaning, and it's not just, you know, on Google. And I know that, you know, this era is addicted to Google. They live and breathe by Google. But Google is not godly. So... You know, that's why it's good to have a Bible reference, you know, have a biblical. You can look up a King James dictionary online. So, you know, we got to get out of habit of thinking, oh, because I Googled it, that this is the right answer. Oh, this is the what it meant. This is it. It's in concrete because I Googled it. Uh, Google don't mean a hill of beans with God. Huh? So we, we have to be careful, you know, not to get sloppy. Right. Google is just going to give you a natural, worldly view. 
This is all it's got. Amen. You know, I can Google address. It's, it's good for that. I use Google Maps. You know, for my GPS stuff. You know, I, I can Google a vitamin and a medicine and I can see what's in it. You know, that kind of stuff. It's good for that. I'm not saying it's not good for certain things, but it ain't good for godliness. Huh? All right. So we established that. Now let's go to another question. Let's see here. Hmm. What are some of the signs of an authentic Christian faith? Give me some signs. Don't be just throwing no words out here. Now. True Christian faith. Huh? Um, could be a, a, a kind of a result of that. I mean, you're kind of hitting at it. Well, okay, well, I'm, I'm going to go off of what you said. Because atheists watch what they do. I mean, I'm just saying. You know. Hint. Oh, wait a minute. Wait, wait, wait. I got you wrong. Praying before you look at your phone. I mean, yeah, it was a good activity. Um, but we got people in cults that do that too. challenge you like the pastor said you know, you know <laughs> I mean you know we should be thinking instead of just spitting off words okay that's a good one you said okay That's a good action. That's a good action. Um, we have perverts that do that too. Yes, ma'am. Lifestyle. I mean, that's a great thing, Ro. That's an awesome thing, and saints should do that. You know, the Bible tells us to be kind to everyone, especially those of the household of faith, right? So that's a good concept. Elder? Amen. That's a good one. Being after God's own heart, trusting and believing God in his word, lifestyle, praying, obedience. Huh? Because we can't be just a hero only and not a doer of the word, according to James, right? Hmm? So we have to obey. Obedience is better than sacrifice. Hmm? Faithfulness to God. Mm-hmm. Those are good. Trusting God is good. We got to have a press to keep on living in spite of circumstances. Mm -hmm. 
to keep walking upright in spite of, to live a holy, godly, sanctified, set-apart life pleasing unto God. Romans 12. So, so we getting that now? Some things sound good, you know. But we got to come to a better understanding. Because there's people out in the world, good people out there, they do good things. But they're not saved according to the word. Hmm? A lot of people out there do good things. But they don't profess Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. They don't live a life unto God. They don't believe and trust in Him. They don't serve Him. Exclusively sold out. There's a difference. There's good people out there. Hmm? But not saved according to the scriptures. So it's not just about doing good. Because we're saved by what? Grace. Huh? It is the gift of God, lest any man should boast. You, you see? Faith is crucial. Because that, when he cracked the sky, that's what he's going to be looking for. Is faith in the earth. Absolutely. What are some of the physical and spiritual places of refuge in your life? Uh-huh. Uh-huh. That's good, bro. The first place is this spiritual hospital. The house of prayer. The house of God. Where his presence dwells. In the book of Isaiah, the prophet said, I saw the Lord. And he was high and he was lifted up. And the train of his robe fills the temple. You hear that? Temple. Not your house. It fills the temple with his glory. There was always his desire to be amongst his people in a house. Hmm. It's his temple. Hmm. Anybody got something else? And your home is good because that is where we do our homework, so to speak. Huh? I know we don't necessarily like homework, but it's some spiritual homework we need to do before we get here. You get primed and pumped and all of that at home. <laughs> yes, sir. That's right. Come on. Homework. That's your praying in your secret. You know. Not, not necessarily using, you know, social media as a platform to get your prayer through. 
Some things just need to be private. We need to learn the art of having some things private. Hmm? Not doing as the Pharisees and the Sadducees, wrapping their head up and going out in public and holding their arms out, you know, professing that there's somebody and they get the only ones getting to pray through, praying in public. Jesus shook his head at them. You hypocrites. Hmm? You dress out the outward cup. You're trying to portray you something before the people. Looking your nose down at the other common people. Huh? Like you better. Because you speak big words. Because you're well versed in the law. You're going to stand in front of everybody. Break God. I'm not like other sinners. And I bring my tithes and offerings. And I fast one day a week. And I give need, I give my goods to the poor. God read through it. He sees right through it. He knows what's in our dirty, stinking, nasty, trifling, disgusting, desperate heart is evil and desperately wicked. I don't care how you try to dress it up. You hypocrites. <laughs> Outside, you're white. But on the inside, you're like dead men bones. That was some tough stuff to tell the Sadducees and the Pharisees. Stinking and rotten. We got to watch our attitudes. When we get in the secret place, uh, we got to watch uh, oh, how we come before God. Uh, oh, with our nose lifted and our heads held up high. When you get in the secret place, honey, uh, it's time for you to humble yourself uh, and bow down uh, before the king. Uh, because you need him. He don't need you. Humble yourself. <laughs> you need every piece of bread God got, every sip of water. You need every way made, every door open. If God don't make the way and open a door, provide, you can't get it. You need every drip drop of healing. You need every miracle sign and wonder following your life that you can get. So when you get in the secret place, honey, there is a posture of humility. Sometimes we ain't got the right posture. Because we go to God and we get into God's presence with a bunch of foolishness and garbage. When you could be spending that precious time magnifying who he is and worshiping at his feet and giving him his praise and his glory and his honor. And he don't mind revealing to you. Don't worry about it. He won't work. He'll reveal to you. I got this. Oh my God. Don't worry. Oh, this time next week. This time next month. I'll bring you out. Will we know how to get into the sacred place? 
But we ain't got the right attitude and we don't have the right posture. Oh, come let us bow down and kneel before the Lord our maker. When was the last time you kneeled? We need to practice some more neology. Because that's what the kings require. It's an expression of what? Your loyalty. You reverence and respect his title and his position. I guess we ain't got enough theology going on. We think them little 10-minute prayers in the shower, you know, in the car and in the kitchen while you cooking breakfast and sitting and reading your little few chapters at the desk. You know, that's going to cut it. No, 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 no. No, no, no. Huh? We're not desperate until we get in trouble. <laughs> we don't get desperate. Until we get them phone calls from the kids and the family members. When we go to the doctor's offices and get them bad reports. We ain't desperate until then. Why? Why? Oh, yeah. Come on now. So I hide myself through prayer. We can trust God, trust in God that I'm safe. How many of you honestly believe you're safe in God? Don't mean that trouble is not going to come your way, saints, but it won't overtake you because the Bible says when the enemy comes in like a flood, the spirit of the Lord, it lifts up a standard. Hmm? Right. He's coming. Uh-huh. So I'm safe in God. He rescues me from the hen trap. That's the snail, the fowler that the scripture was talking about. You ain't going to see every trap. <laughs> if you think you're going to see everything that the enemy plotting and planning against you to try to trip you up and trap you up. But you get closely connected with God. He'll lead you around it. I guess y'all ain't been in that position. Folk plotting against you. Trying to trap you and trip you up. Huh? You stay connected to God. Huh? God will give you a detour. Yes, he will. See, we take them detours on the interstate for granted. Y'all don't know how many wrecks you done missed and how many explosions you done missed and how many gunshots you done missed uh, because God gave you a detour. Many times I meant to go 430. Got off on the Rodney Perrin exit. Went through the city. Then got off on 630. I guess y'all don't do that. Huh? God interrupt my plan so I can avoid the dangers uh, that is ahead of me because I don't know. I can't see it. Uh, but God 
Sometimes it's just the simple things. Sometimes he leads you away from your regular route. <laughs> Sometimes he'll lead you from your regular way of doing things, Elder. Because <laughs> the Bible said that he leads us by ways that we know not of. <laughs> and then you, you get to where you're going and you're like, who wonder why I did that? Why, do I, why did I just stay in traffic? Why didn't I just, you know, but God knows. <laughs> That's the comfort that you find in the secret place because the Holy Ghost is an excellent comforter. It's an excellent guide. Boy, the Holy Ghost will lead you through the junker. Oh, my God. Oh, through all this stuff that's going on in the chaos, the Holy Ghost, it'll create a path. Whew, my God. It creates a passage of safety for his people. Oh, my God. The Holy Ghost is just awesome. It'll teach you some stuff while you're going along your way, Elder. It'll reveal some things to you you weren't even thinking about. Oh, my God, it'll make some stuff plain to you. Oh, we need to be made plain. We need the Holy Ghost to teach us and make it plain. And he's excellent at doing that. Hmm. Anybody got any questions? Hmm. I won't fear what man will do unto me. I won't be afraid for the terror by night, nor for the arrow that flies by day. Huh? Come on now. We don't walk in fear because of the wars that are going on, the rumors that are circulating. Yes, we need to be aware of what's going on around us. But God said, you will have tribulation in this world. But be of good cheer. <laughs> I like when Jesus talks. <laughs> he just settles everything. Just be of good cheer. Come on, somebody. We got anybody that's happy to walk with God today? It's wars. Their nuclear weapons is getting ready to go off. But Jesus said, be of good cheer. Because I have overcome the world. And greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. <laughs> Woo! He didn't want his people to walk around with their head down. Oh, in despair without hope. Oh, but he said, when you see these signs, do what? Lift your head up. Your redemption draws nigh. It's getting closer and closer. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. That's what they do. Muslim nations, that's what they do. And it's going to increase even more. Huh? So we arm ourselves. We build up our faith now in case we have to be on the chopping block because it is a strong possibility. Many Christians in other countries, Christians in Ukraine are running for their life. They have nothing but the shirt on their back. And it just makes me sick 
to hear Americans whining and complaining over nothing when you got all that you have freedom makes me nauseated we're so ungrateful and so unthankful all that we have and we still keep going to God begging for more can't appreciate what God has already done oh my God can't just rest and be happy in God and learn to be content in whatever state you're in at least you free You ain't got missiles going off around your head. You free. You free to go to church. You free to worship God in the beauty of holiness. And we don't even take full advantage of that. You free to come to Bible study. You free to go to classes. You free to go to revivals. You free to get on Facebook. You free to go to work and make your living and go shopping and vacationing. You free. And we free. And we spoiled. And we don't appreciate God. We're taking God for granted. You eating good. They ain't got nothing. They ain't even got clean water. I don't hear nobody around me complaining. You got bread. They ain't got none. Women giving birth in the hospital and getting blown up. And you complaining about your little job. Oh, you got room to complain. They city is being blown to smithereens. Beautiful city. Ukraine is a beautiful city. It was a beautiful free city. Just like that, it's gone. And we got all these opportunities, all these jobs available. All this assistance, uh, folks getting more food stamps than they ever got. Got so many checks and child tax credits and this credit and that credit. Shame on you, you didn't do right by it. I don't want to hear you complain. Feeling sorry for nobody but Ukraine. Don't come to me with no foolishness. It's ridiculous. America done got beside itself. And all of this is going on, we got less and less of God. Less people going to church. When all this has been happening over the past two years with COVID, we got less people going to church to serve God. You getting more money, but what would it profit a man that gain the whole world and lose your soul? You fill your pockets with money, but what good is it if you ain't got God? What good is it? The country to keep, keep going deeper in debt to cater some folk, but we still ain't got God. Church pools getting dust on them. Just thought I'd give y'all a little tidbit to think about before you open your mouth this week and start complaining. 
because God keeps us. God protects us. He is a very present help in trouble. He is our refuge. He keeps us from the deadly hazards that is in our life. Woo, my God. There's a lot more in this message, in this lesson. I pray that you meditate on it and study it even more. It's a lot of good meat in here, amen? But we're going to drop it right there. We're going to take up our Sunday school offering. While Sisalich is taking up the offering, does anyone have any questions? Comments? Want to make sure everybody has an understanding. So our next lesson is greatly to be praised. Amen. So we have, let's see, one topic is God is worthy of worship. Topic number two is God is greatly to be praised. And it looks like it's just two topics. So do we have any takers before I sign? All right, Sister T, 